0: I'd realised that I was starting to miss the UK. And Ghana back then wasn't very developed, especially where I was living. I didn't really have a lot of access to the internet. First one I did in 2018 was more or less a failure. Only had like my friends turn up, it was like five people. Hmm. Second one I did was a success. Community is now winning. Yeah. Community is the win now. It's not about number of followers you have. Wait a minute. There's no dedicated podcast where I can learn about Ghana creators, entrepreneurs, and founders. Yeah. How about I set one up? You're not defined by where you, where you come from. Yeah. And I think that's a big message that I always yeah. want to tell people. Like,
1: like you have to be able to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, be comfortable with being uncomfortable.
0: When you grow up in ends, you don't realize it when you're confident, but you have an audacity to do things that ordinarily most people wouldn't do.
1: Welcome back to The Takeover Experience. We've got a special guest in the building. How are, you doing t- How are you doing today, Adrian?
0: I'm doing great, man. I'm doing fantastic. I'm just, you know, surviving summer. SS, surviving summer.
1: <laughs> surviving summer. <laughs> madness, madness. So, yeah, you know what's crazy, right? So, we met at the podcast show, but I told you <laughs> that when we met that I had heard about your podcast, yeah, Sound of Accra, yeah. before I met you. So, that's why I came up to you. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah it's cool. Because it was cool to like meet other podcasters. There wasn't that many... <laughs> Black pod Other black podcasters There I feel like we were mm-hmm. quite Like thin and far between I was like Okay cool I This know. is a brother that I can like, yeah. Introduce myself to
0: The chemistry we had was Insane yeah. like You know We linked up in day two As well of The podcast show It's like I didn't want that week to end Like I just wanted it to be A whole week boot yeah. camp Of podcast Of course you've got Of course you've got um People to go home to But you know what I mean It's just, it's just like I wanted it to go on And on and on I loved it man Yeah yeah and, You know meeting people like yourself it Yeah was, It was amazing man
1: Yeah it was good Yeah no no I, I it was weird because it's like we just clicked like that. Like honestly, it was mad. And then we, it's like we got a bit of a collective on the, on the second day, which was funny. We,
0: we started to recruit people. Yeah, <laughs> we started to recruit people, which is fun.
1: Like because it's like we we all got to talk about our challenges, our struggles, and then um, I think the whole creators connect thing was quite good, mm. good as well. Um, but how did you find it? How did you find a podcast? Podcast show. Podcast you know
0: what? Yeah. I think for me, because this was my second one. Mm. I know you've been to one before, right? Yeah. No, this is my first. Yeah. Oh, this, this is the first time ever, yeah. Oh right. Okay, cool. So yeah. for me, this is my this is my first time at the podcast show. So um not my second time at the podcast show. So I already knew what to expect. Yeah. Um, I already knew it was going to be a bit overwhelming and so many workshops, classes, talks going on that um, it's hard to keep up with everything. You just have to do your best, going to as much as you can and talking to as many people as you can. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. Um, I definitely thought that I was able to speak to and network better this year. Mm. Definitely a lot more black podcasters, which mm. was great to see. Meet people such as yourself mm. um, in, in Zube. Um, seeing, um, I think it's Uwe from... Um, what i can't remember the name of his podcast um but yeah um there's so many black podcasters out there which is really really good to see you know and then the um, plus four four yeah that was good that was good yeah zizi mills um,
1: chucky chucky and sad man yeah it was good to see them as well see them
0: there as well which is fantastic so i loved it um you know you know my usual gripes about the podcast show (laughs) i wish they recorded all the other talks and workshops. so when you're busy networking with someone you can You don't have to have any kind of worries or burdens. You can have peace of mind knowing that there's recorded talks and workshops that you can, you know, go to later on. Because for me, uh, for me, it's all well and good networking and going Mm. to talks here and there. But I want to get everything out of the show i can learn yeah. as much as possible because i only want to get better and better at, at doing podcasting
1: yeah yeah it's true I, I i felt like for me personally it was a mad overwhelming <laughs> it was like i remember i think t- telling you and telling other people there's like five talks at the same time wow like, I, like mm-hmm. if there was like 11, like five, six talks at 11, mm. two of them I want to go to. And I'm like, okay, how do I decide which one? Or oh, I want to meet somebody there to potentially mm-hmm. see if I can get them onto a the podcast or just learn from them because I'm just curious, right? Yeah. Maybe their big name in the podcasting scene. So I just f- found it really difficult. And then the ones that you did think, okay, I don't want to name company names, but <laughs> by companies, certain big companies feel, oh, it's going to be sick they're gonna give you something innovative some great tip and it was boring you're like nah why like and these are the biggest these are the biggest you know trailblazing in our kind of you know community and that's what you're getting you're like oh okay so (laughs) I I liked it overall I thought it was I thought it was great it was great to network Mm -hmm. uh, as as we talked about before I feel like I got some good tips Mm -hmm. the ones that and it's so crazy the Mm -hmm. creator creator rooms were the best Mm. for sure but it was always packed. You could never get in there. They only had like, um, what, like I think like fifteen people. They're the ones that were the most packed. People couldn't get into, and then the ones that were on the bigger floor, barely anybody there. Crazy. So yeah, it was it was mad. It was actually mad. It's actually mad. So what kind of lesson did you you feel like you got from the podcast show? Like the number mm. one lesson that you learned from it.
0: Number one lesson I got from the podcast show. Wow. Um, I think the lesson for me, the big lesson for me is um witnessing the potential of advertising. Okay. So it's understanding how big the advertising industry is in podcasting and how a whole bunch of money went into the advertising industry. Um reason why I'm saying that saying that is that I went to two talks in particular and one was by Spotify. Hmm. Um and one was by Acast, okay. so the CEO of Acast was there. So for those of you who don't know what Acast is, so Acast essentially is a uh, podcast host distributor, um, but they usually tend to specialize in podcasts that are doing I think a hundred thousand downloads and up, um, which I haven't done yet. Um, but I have students that have done, which is great. Um, but anyway, what Acast and Spotify were talking about was. Um, essentially the amount of money pumped into advertising mm. so you have brands like ee etc who put their trust in podcast advertising when they noticed that certain areas such as um commercial tv um terrestrial tv etc digital tv advertising money that they were pulling into into those areas it was declining they noticed a decline especially i think around the pandemic or just after pandemic and then they decided to um put money into podcasting because they realized um i think march 2020 onwards there was a boom in podcasting okay i think in that particular period yeah. and then what happened was that they noticed that um a lot more listings were listeners were were driven to podcasting mm-hmm. so if we put our money yeah where the attention is then we're going to get better return on investment and not only are we going to get that you're probably going to get repeat customers and more loyal customers because with podcasting it's a very intimate type of content where you're going to get people coming back again and again and again and yeah. you know that's opportunity for advertisers so for me that was the biggest takeaway just understanding how big the podcast advertising industry is
1: yeah and it's it's like i feel like it's still like podcasting even though we were talking about offline like Mm -hmm. we feel like it's saturated i feel like it's still very new Mm. we compare it to like i don't know like we were talking about tv streaming Mm -hmm. is an infant compared to that you know yeah um i think who who's the longest my podcast history isn't that best but i'll say joe rogan's probably the one of the first he was one of the first people i know there's probably people before him. there's people
0: that's been around before, before him, him but i think in terms of like well-known long-running podcast yeah like he's definitely up there yeah i think he started that i think years was, ago uh, plus, right? yeah i think early 2010s yeah um funny enough i created my own podcast by accident In 2010, is it you understand? So maybe I start at the same time. What was was it called? It was called In the Views. So essentially, I used to have a radio show at university. Okay, Um, this is starting to make sense. Radio show at university, Kill University. Anyone listening from Kill University, shout out to you. What university was it? Kill, Kill University, K W E L E. Wait,
1: wait, Kill, Kill, uh, Stoke and
0: Trent, Nick Orton Towers. Okay, that's the best (laughs) one. Quite bit, essentially. <laughs> Bang Smack in the middle of England. Okay. You know, just off the M6, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, biggest campus in the country. Fun mm. fact. Anyway, so I had a radio show at campus. It's put okay. In the Mix. Essentially we used to play R and B and hip hop. And what will happen is that I would get guests, me and my uh co host Toby. Shout out to Toby, who's listening. Um, one of my best friends. Um, he lives in Birmingham. And um we would get co hosts from Sorry, we will get guests in sometimes, Mm. you know, to come and feature in the show. So sometimes we'll get musicians performing, you know, rapid rappers from Birmingham. Sometimes we'll get singers come in and do a live set from from the university. And then what I will do at times where I needed to create a space for content was that um, I would, you know, go around go around campus with a dictaphone interviewing students about different types of things okay. on on at uni so maybe i'll do a podcast on healthy eating mm. i did one podcast on um blackberries i mean technology and you know the rise of blackberries iphones etc so and i did another um, podcast just talking about um certain things that were going certain trends that were taking place on campus um that i picked up so those those are my first three actual podcast episodes that i created Mm. and then i uploaded them to facebook and i played them live on radio um but i didn't realize what i I was actually doing was actually podcasting Mm. you understand but but what i did was that i all i wanted to do was i wanted to create content for my radio show and it ended up being you know some type of podcast content if Mm. you will um but it was only three episodes but i knew i had that bug even back then
1: okay oh man man okay cool (laughs) we're gonna rewind back then we're gonna get back back to the uni story right yeah okay before we start who is adrian
0: oh man okay Mm. um so i think for me who is adrian so i think for me i'm a i'm a tech nerd i would say okay tech nerds um you know i'm passionate about about podcasting and I think for really and truly, really um, I'm passionate about, you know, just using technology and software, you know, just to really, you know, make impact on my life and other people's lives and to and to really support small to medium businesses as well. Yeah, I, I don't know what more I could say.
1: <laughs> it's up to you. I always yeah. say to people when I ask them that question, Yeah, I don't dictate what your response should be. Yeah. I just, I'm just fascinated <laughs> what the response is. The response is, well yeah. I, I love yeah, People, I, I love hearing what people's response is And yeah. what their perception of that question is That Which is why I always have that question in there <laughs> uh, You know, the listeners might want me to change it But I may never change it Because the answer is always different It's always answered from a different angle And mm. um, you have listened Actually, I think the, the episode And we're going to talk about this I think we, we both had Alfred on our podcast I don't know if I was even asking the question Back then like that I can't remember. I'm going to have to go back and, 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 and listen. <laughs> shout um, out to Alfred. Yeah, shout out to Alfred as well. So let's talk about your story. So I guess, if people didn't guess, from the name of your podcast, where, where are your parents from? Uh, Ghana. Ghana, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ghana, in terms of like your ties to it, were you were you born there? Were you born here in the UK?
0: Oh, yeah. So I was born here in okay. the UK. Um, and essentially, you know, I lived in the, lived in London, born and raised in London. Um when I got to year seven in the uk um my family decided that they were going to relocate to ghana i went to ghana in 2000 the year 2000 so that was my first experience of christmas in ghana in the year 2000 you know way before you know it's way before now where it's trending to, to go to christmas in ghana i experienced it way before everybody else and um i was like oh this is really really good i want to live here so of course the following year 2001 um, I moved to Ghana for three years um, to, to live there with my family. Um, so I went to school there, everything. You know. Is it? Yeah. Oh, man. I even caught the Ghanaian accent, you know, for a period <laughs> of time. And, yeah. you know, it got to a point where, you know, I'd realized that I was starting to miss the UK. And Ghana back then wasn't very developed um, at all. So, you know, it was still up and coming. You know, it was still had a long way to go in terms of like, you know, like, um, Develop like commercial development mm. infrastructure, and things like that. So it was still, you know, up and coming, and of course, it didn't. We didn't have things like the high speed internet, and you know, cable TV wasn't really dumb. You know, as easy like easily mm-hmm. accessible as it is now. So yeah. all these types of things. So yeah, so I ended up starting. I ended up getting bored okay. after I finished um one part of school in Ghana, yeah. and then what happened was um i moved back to the uk in 2004 mm. and then you know i continue to i'll continue to you know live in live in the uk again but then when i moved back to the uk i couldn't get back into my old school because all of the schools in london mm. um had been booked out they've been taken so okay. yes they've wow. been taken up so um me and my family decided to move outside of london so i ended up living in Hertfordshire for eight years wow uh, yeah which at first you know i was like okay i'm moving away from london i'm going to feel you know like like I'm distant cold feet whatever but then I actually enjoyed it. it ended up being a blessing because if I hadn't moved to Hertfordshire I may have gone down a different path because mm. what Hertfordshire going to school in Hertfordshire what that provided for me mm. in, in St Albans rather was that I was able to maybe be exposed to you know music to mm. you know extracurricular activities basketball swimming etc um that I probably wouldn't have been able to take take part in you know if I to continue to live in london because the Mm. environment that i was based around in you know so you know because of that i was able to you know like get into music school and you know you know take drum lessons piano lessons etc which kind of like helped to prepare me to become a type of music producer when Mm. in in my past you know, and then, you know, when I went to, I took a trip to America, came back and I decided that I wanted to kind of like take music seriously. So, mm. you know, I, I got an A-level in music technology. I won the music technology awards and then I and I ended up, you know, um, performing at Hertfordshire University, you know, as an back then artist, you know, okay. when I got to, my first year of university and went Mm. back to perform and I, you know, continued on university. So yeah, so it's been a wild ride. You know, my story is quite interesting, you know, back and forth between the UK and Ghana and, Mm. you know, and then moving outside of the outside London to, you know, an area that I'd never lived before and living there for, you know, for quite a number of years before going to university. And I really feel like, you know, God's put these things in place to get me to where I am today. And I always kind of like think to myself, if I wasn't um, able to, um, if I if I was able to go to back to that school and I was able to stay in London the way it is, I probably wouldn't be the agent I am today.
1: You think but, so? No
0: nah, I I definitely agree. Why? What, what was definitely... the area? What, what area was it that you? Were um, in so it was northwest London. So okay. ed, so Edgware. Um, that's okay. where my school was. Okay. But, um, the, the, I think the influences I had In my mm. first year in school So I only experienced yeah. One year of secondary school in London Before I lived mm. in, before I moved to Ghana mm. And before I moved to Hertfordshire when, when I relocated back mm-hmm. to the UK And we, what I'm saying is that I think the influences That I was surrounded by In London at the time mm. in, When I was in year seven mm. um, They weren't really good influences And okay. they weren't influences That would stimulate me To develop my skill sets mm. In different areas Whereas when I, when I was in Hertfordshire Mm -hmm. I was in an environment where I was encouraged to develop certain skill sets and I was secluded not secluded but I didn't have a lot of friends, um, but what I had was a drive to maybe work on, you know, my my craft. So Mm. working on piano skills, working on drum, drum lessons, you know, working on how to be a music producer, um, different things. So I was able to work on my craft and develop my skills, skill sets as a person, which, you know, I have no no regrets, you know, living in St. Albans for that.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. That's wow. Only one year of secondary school in the UK. That is so interesting. Mm. So I guess. And I don't feel like you lost out on anything from the sounds of it. I don't feel like there was any kind of disadvantage with it. It sounds like you got a very well-rounded experience mm-hmm. of like living in Ghana. I guess from your perspective, because I've lived in Nigeria and... Really? Yeah, I've lived in Nigeria for a year. Okay, nice. And I've traveled to various parts of Africa whilst I was a bit younger now, mm-hmm. a little bit older too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess for for you, like... What kind of things did you, what were the differences for you? And I guess how did that kind of, do you feel like there was a bit of an adjustment that you had to have like moving to Ghana and then moving back to the UK?
0: Yeah, definitely was an adjustment. Like it was quite interesting when I moved back to the UK in 2004, after living in Ghana for, you know, a few, three years, um, I felt like. You know i was kind of like living in the past like i felt like i had to catch up mm-hmm. with three years of what happened in western society because when i was living in ghana um especially where i was living um i didn't really have a lot of access to the internet i didn't have many friends um i had a neighbor you know i spent a lot of time doing outdoor activities cycling you know um hiking walking around you know whatever it was um but I felt like society kind of like moved moved on and I've been stuck in the past and I had to catch up with what's happened in media and music worlds, what's happened in the entertainment world, what's happened in the internet, There's um, just so much development. And I felt like, you know, the, the way I was living life in Ghana, I had kind of like missed all of that. Um, so that was probably a huge, huge, you know, um, factor in terms of um, what was like, you know, missing or, or, or where, where I was. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wow that's that's so interesting so then you decided to did you decide to come back to the uk yeah i decided to come. you back decided what well, your decided parents let you decide UK. that at that young age
0: yeah 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 i mean, I mean <laughs> they, they weren't i mean they, i mean my parents they're, they're quite easy going to an extent mm. <laughs> of course you've got african parents mm. to an extent mm. um but yeah i mean they're quite open so you know i kind of felt that i was falling behind you know, with what was happening in the West. And, you know, I, I started to kind of like get a little bit frustrated with with, mm. with Ghana and missing life in the UK and maybe the convenience of being able to access certain things yeah. or do certain things. And I felt like I don't really have a calling in Ghana. Let me just go back to the to the UK and, you know, go back to how I was living. Okay. You know, cool. Yeah. Mad, mad, mad. Yeah.
1: And then, so you you mentioned that you obviously went to school in Show. You felt like that was like, uh, had a, good um impact on you and I, I to be fair i completely understand that then music right you said you were interested in music
0: yeah so okay. i'll so i'll tell you this so um i took a trip to america when i was 15 mm-hmm. i got my one of my childhood friends relocated to america like when we were young and um essentially he basically um was making beats. So when I got to America like uh, you know I discovered that he was making beats on a, a software called Fruit Loops which like FL Studio. You know Fruit Loops? <laughs> yeah. Loved love it. So, you know, wh- when I discovered music production on on a laptop, you know, I was obsessed. You know, I I I turned up the opportunity to go watch Hustle and Flow at the time in America when it was out in the cinema to stay at his apartment and make beats in Virginia. You understand so it was it was crazy um, and he also had a rap group called bad boy crew called the bbc <laughs> okay yeah which which was, which was uh short for the bbc okay and um you know i kind of got involved with them and was listening to them and i think these two things coming together i was like you know i, I want to know how to freestyle and i think maybe eight mile maybe had come out maybe a few years before or something like that okay. so i was like okay i want to you know learn how to freestyle learn how to rap and mm. become a producer you yeah know? um i wanted to kind of like follow in pharrell's footsteps kind of thing who i looked up to at the time yeah as a music artist slash producer kind of thing i wanted a piece of that so yeah that's kind of like where that came from so when i go back to the uk i decided look when i get to start my a levels i'm taking music technology you know anything to do music you know, so that I can, you know, become a music producer. And okay. I remember Pharrell, Pharrell, when he was saying that if you want to become a music producer, he always recommends taking, learning, learning okay. instruments. So Pharrell was like, oh, go and take piano lessons, go and get drum lessons and use these skills to kind of like form you, form part of you as a music producer. So I listened to him and I took piano lessons, I took drum lessons. I see, that's impact that's right there. Me. That's yeah. helped me in terms of like, you know, learning instruments and yeah. being able to make better beats. And that's translating to so many different things.
1: Did you go to uni on the back of like, finishing your music, music was it what's it called? Music technology. Yes. Back then.
0: Yeah. Like so I took music technology at A levels. Yeah. And then um I decided that I wanted to become music producer. So I decided right. that I wanted to take it at university as well. So I took yeah. the same subject as, you know, university mm-hmm. as a degree combined mm-hmm. with business management mm-hmm. as well. You know, we Maybe, go, can I ask back, you something go
1: on. Did you what are your parents Saying about this Because that is You're I think you're the only Person I heard of the podcast And I love it By the way This I love this By the way But you, Look Music yep. like They they were like Yeah come Go and do that
0: <laughs> Do you know what it was I think for me um, I kind of like Told them that Look This is my passion mm. But I want to Mix it with purpose Right So Let me take music But I'll, Let me take business management Also so that You know The parents are happy Okay. So I have a fallback plan. Okay. Understand? So look, mom, if this doesn't work out, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to work in the business just to some extent. Of that. Uh, and uh, you know, it, it worked. You know, it worked. You know, um, I didn't end up becoming a music producer professionally. You mm-hmm. understand? You know, you know, I won some awards here and there um at university at school you know et cetera, outside of school um but you know what it what it has done is that it's kind of laid foundations for me to pursue very you know various creative endeavors of course podcasting is one of them and things like that where you learn how to do certain things and modules throughout university so mm. i feel like all of these different things have kind of like been the building blocks to where i am mm. today
1: yeah i love that your parents supported you with that and i think it's important that they support your passion, and I love that you are pragmatic as like, <laughs> well. You're saying, okay, cool, this is what I want to do, this is my passion, but also this is like my fallback plan. I think too many people don't have a, a secondary plan because they want to believe that they're like, I wholeheartedly believe in this and I'm like, succeeding in this. Succeed, like or else they don't have they don't have a backup plan because they think it's bad to have a backup plan they feel like okay maybe if i have a backup plan i'm not really putting my all into it and i don't think that's true i think it's always good to have a backup plan just in case right if plan a doesn't work hmm. then you've got plan b then you've got plan c right hmm. it's no different yeah. to me coming to the studio and say look i want to get here in half an hour right cool but there might be traffic so i just have to take another route right you know it doesn't it doesn't stop you from doing that so i think it's important i I love the fact that you had like a plan b i think that's important so so you ended up finishing it what what happened with the whole music producing why didn't you you say that you didn't end up doing it did you decide not to pursue it
0: yeah so i think with, with music production so i think halfway through my time at university um I realized, you know, how kind of like dark the industry was was getting at the you time. You say dark?
1: It's, yeah. Okay. Dark.
0: Yeah. After when I kind of like looked more into the industry and just as I was kind of involved in it to an extent, um and also my best friend, you know, was also you know a music producer and we're living together throughout our whole time at university. um So I also kind of like you know heard heard you know his his opinions and and his thoughts and you know stories and experiences he was sharing and. You know, as much as he wanted to be a music producer, he also kind of walked away from it and and decided to, to pursue other, other ventures that were kind of similar, but more kind of like commercial focused. Um, So, you know, when I heard that from him, you know, because I looked up to him a lot and, you know, when I kind of like also took my faith in God seriously as well, I think in the second year of university, my faith in God kind of like, what? kind of like took like the front seat and you know certain things start to become like a conflict of interest for me as well like you know making music for certain people and you know um even having my own radio show as well you know um bringing on artists and you know playing certain songs i think it started to become a conflict of interest for okay. me so i kind of took a step back from from radio and music production and mm. you know i just thought okay cool look um i'm gonna have to find some kind of career that that works out that makes sense for me mm. yeah
1: okay cool cool so it's more it sounds like when you say dark is it i don't even want to pin you pin you to a corner (laughs) here because like yeah we're not trying to we're not trying to do all that controversial stuff but when you say dark do do you mean in terms of like the subject of the songs the artists themselves or just the industry as a whole because you hear you hear stuff like you Mm -hmm. hear the industry is a lot of um you know people get selected Mm -hmm. it's not about really the effort that you make Mm -hmm. there's a lot of luck involved and stuff like that Mm -hmm. when you said dark i was thinking that maybe there was there wasn't just a lot of opportunities that it wasn't given a lot of opportunities out there
0: yeah i mean it's a good it's a good question so i think for me it was a combination of various things so um one was that of course the industry especially at that time uh, you know um where i could see kind of see where it was going and did i want to contribute to that and i knew if i wanted to be like wildly successful in the industry i may i may i I would probably have to go down a certain path that, that would kind of conflict with my beliefs and my values and i didn't want to do that and also i kind of realized you know how hard also um that it would also be to break out to be a music producer and to make a certain amount of money that would kind of like you know really really sustain me doesn't make sense you know yeah. i think while you know i used to um subscribe to a magazine called scratch okay it was a music it was like a magazine f- about um, music production like music right. producers from america you know it's so like the just Blazers, the neptunes all these different people Timberland, Scott, Scott Storch, all these people. And, you know, I used to read that magazine. I'll get the subscription every month. They'll get sent to my house. I read it, you know, I'll see what the latest equipment is, the latest producers, what they're up to, the money they're making, et cetera. And I always used to think, okay, cool. I hope that could be me one day. But then I think when I actually kind of got into it, it was like, you know what, this is actually a lot harder than I thought it would be. So I think it was a combination of how hard it is to break into the industry, but also it's, you know, seeing where the industry is going and, you know, and seeing where I was going as well. I was like, do I want to be a part of that? Or maybe I should walk away and focus on something else Mm. that I can enjoy, you know? So I think for me, you know, doing radio was great. I think halfway through university, I was like, okay, cool. I think I want to be a radio host. But then when I kind of looked into it a bit more, I was like, "Mm, but I want to make a certain amount of money. So maybe I I don't want to be a radio host. So of course, you know, years down the line, just seeing where podcasting is going, you know, it's kind of got me excited where, you know, where i wanted to be as a music producer or an artist or a radio host um i felt like you know podcasting give me opportunity now mm. to be able to pursue all of that you know all kind of combined in in a way yeah 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 i,
1: yeah. I completely agree it's so interesting because yeah. like when you when you mention like the whole industry and stuff i feel like as a creative especially if you're you're trying to get into the industry i feel like sometimes you might have to con- compromise That's certain stuff right That's and you don't want to yeah. do it but you gotta do it because you gotta put food on the table You gotta pay words. your bills right yeah and i think because of that a lot of people get taken advantage of obviously i'm not in that mm-hmm. i'm not in the music industry
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you hear stories you've seen stories mm-hmm. of people getting you know people maybe that have not had any money yeah come into the music industry they get signed to a crap deal mm-hmm. because they don't have a lawyer. It's yeah. the most money they've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember seeing one a few years ago <laughs> um, of a rapper. How many? I think he got signed to do five, was it three or four albums? I think he only got paid like 50,000 or something. Wow. Crap like that. So uh, you guys might remember who I'm talking about. Like, if I've gotten this wrong, I'm just saying it <laughs> off the top of my head. But like, that kind of thing is like, you know, yeah it's just like you have to compromise sometimes. And I think it's it's tough and i understand why you you might not want to put yourself in that position and it's brave to be fair yeah to be like yeah you're gonna just get yourself yeah. out of that do you know what i mean yeah um
0: i'll tell you what i mean yeah. you don't always have to come but i think the the the, the playing field has leveled out oh,
1: for sure yeah. not just
0: for podcasters or yeah. like other creatives and content creators also for music artists right yeah. i'll tell you why right someone like you know ryan leslie Yay, Ryan yeah, Ryan yeah, yeah. He's a like artist producer, another yeah artist producer, I used to, I used to business look guy. Look up to yeah. back then. I mean, I, even I kind of like still admire his work, right? Yeah. Even yesterday, I found out that he's releasing a new album okay. next month. And you wow. and and do you know do you know what he's up to now? Do you know what Ryan he's up to? Do you know what his business model is around music now? It's genius now. It's, do you know his product Superphone? You know, I've he heard about the,
1: something about the numbers. and yeah. yeah. So
0: let me break it down. So Ryan Leslie, right? Many, many years ago, you know, he released his debut album called Ryan Leslie, right? Um, so he did that. And then he released the second album. I can't remember what it's called, right? I just remember the album being kind of green, greenish. Mm. And basically he went to the, the label he was signed to. I think he was signed to Sony at the mm. time, right? And this is many years ago. And it was like, hey, Sony. Why isn't it that my album isn't doing this, the same level of sales that my previous album did or even excelled it? Um, don't you have access to the people that bought my first album? And they're like, no, nah, sorry, Apple doesn't give this data. We can't get access to it. We can't share this data with you, blah, 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 blah. He was like, that's ridiculous. You understand? So he got really, really annoyed at that because he knows that, of course, Sony's going to take their cut, the, the, the marketer, the promoter is going to take their cut and he's going to be left with whatever is left with, right? Mm. So he was like, he needs to kind of like cut the middleman and find a solution which will enable him to speak directly to his audience. Mm. So you know what he did? He launched Superphone, right? Now with Superphone, what you can do is, Superphone is basically like a super It's literally what it does, literally does what it says in the tin. It, I don't know if you know what a CRM is, a customer relationship management yeah, tool. Yeah. Essentially, it's like a, it's a CRM on steroids for your smartphone. So what you can do with Superphone is that anyone can put their phone number into um, into, the, into someone's Superphone account. And what will happen is that um it will literally automatically kind of like communicate with all of the people that are signed up to Superphone. so for example let's say i am from austria mm. and i put my phone number in ryan leslie's um super phone book right ryan Leslie. and then what, what i'm also doing is i'm putting in information about my my, day, my my birthday where i live you know all these different types of information my age my gender da, 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 da. so what Superphone will do is that it will take all of these things into account it will text you when the album is out when ryan ryan leslie goes on tour you will get direct messages and emails right, about it okay. um when is your birthday you'll get a text hey happy hey 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 paul happy birthday you'd help you have a great day when ryan leslie's in your area you'll get a text hey hey paul i'm actually in uh, austria um i'm actually in vienna um would you join to you c- come and catch up with me or something okay. so literally he's changed the game with yeah. how artists speak to the fans directly
1: i love that you understand
0: and as a result He's able to make way more money than he said yeah. of re- record, lab- record labels. That's what he said. Yeah. So he's this not
1: the, it's cut the middleman, isn't it? It's cut yeah.
0: the middleman. So now, Ryan Leslie's now, he doesn't even drop his album on the platform, stream platforms no more. Yeah. It's literally direct to yeah. consumer, D2Z. And so you don't
1: even need as much sales either. You don't even right? need mu- much yeah.
0: sales. He hasn't had an album out in Spotify, Apple Podcasts for, yeah. or, sorry, Apple for God knows how long. Yeah.
1: Genius. I love that, man. I feel like something like that will happen um, in podcasting too. And, it is quite, it's kind of it's I quite mean, important. I right? guess
0: you I guess yeah. you have like Patreon, you have platforms yeah. like this. I mean even Patreon, I mean I mean there's 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 you now even use other your membership platforms. as well. Yeah, I mean there's so well. many membership platforms yeah. out there, you know, where you can communicate directly with your listeners and build a build a community around your mm-hmm. fans. And this is the age that we're in now at yeah. where community is now winning. Yeah. Community is the win now. It's not about um, you know, number of followers you have or you know, the type of contract you sign a record label is it's now building a raving community around your fans, your listeners, yeah. your audience, etc. And then, you know, giving genuine value and building genuine value around yeah. that. And in return, you get, you know, you you know, you know do get rewarded from that, you know, yeah. whether it's monetary or whatever.
1: Yeah, love that. Love that. All right. Let's talk about your your first podcast, Sound of Accra. I guess, what is it about first? Mm-hmm. Talk to us what it's about. All right. Uh, I guess why was it what was the inspiration for it and why did you decide to like yeah podcast and not anything else
0: yeah great question so um yeah so I actually answered this question on one of the the videos on the youtube channel but yeah so essentially the Sandalcraft podcast so it came about as it came about on the back of a couple of failed projects you know sometimes you need to fail a few times to get to a, a product or service that actually works and strikes a chord right so what I wanted to do was that so in Ghana right um, I wanted to always come up with something to kind of like community to to kind of contribute to the to the diasporan community. Um, so what I started off doing at all was that I started you know working on a blog. You know I had a blog called London to Accra dot com. I thought I'll be able to you know jump on the bandwagon of you know the most popular you know flight route for British Airways. Being London to Accra, trying to trying to hop piggy bank on the traffic that they were getting and the bookings that were getting, trying to leverage that kind of name to try and get traffic to a website where I can talk about maybe everything to do with like maybe business, how tos in Ghana, etc., yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. So that online magazine kind of failed. I launched it. You know, I shared it with my Ghanaian community. Shout out to you, YGP, young Ghanaian, young Ghanaian professionals kind of failed so i was like all right cool what's next um, and i realized hmm, i love networking in ghana i realized there was a gap in the market for a lack of networking activity in hmm. ghana during the christmas period so i decided at all that you know what i'm gonna launch a networking event where the diasporas can meet together you know because you get a lot of diasporans flying yeah. in a crowd during christmas from all around the world i was like you know what let's network let's all come together and meet each other so i launched that networking event in Accra um in 2018 i think it's the first one i did first one I did in 2018 was more or less a failure only had like my friends turn up it was like five people hmm. second one i did was a success i had i think over 25 to 30 people turn up for the second one had lots of people from all over the world canada uk we name it right west africa as well um and then i was like this is fantastic but i want to keep the networking going because it's like it's no it's no good doing a networking bit once a year ato and not being able to kind of continue networking after that. Like yeah, you want to keep yeah, momentum going, you yeah, want the buzz going. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, how about I launch a podcast where I can continue to network with other Ghanaian entrepreneurs and creatives, not just diasporans, but let me, you know, interview Ghanaian entrepreneurs and creatives. And the reason why I'm, the reason why I focus on that attitude is because if you go on YouTube, you mm. type in the word Ghana or Kara, right? Mm. So many pieces of content, interviews, whatever pop up, right? But I realized when I look, cause I'm, I'm a heavy podcast listener and I have been since 2010, right? So I've been following the podcast market for a long time now. And I noticed, wait a minute, there's no dedicated podcast where I can learn about Ghanaian creators, entrepreneurs and founders. Yeah, How about I set one up? And I always had my friend Toby, one of my best friends Toby, shout out to Toby. He was like, Adrian, you're really good at radio and had other people say that as well. Why didn't you you know, start your own radio show or whatever? And then I was like, and then that kind of, those kind of thoughts came back to me. I was like, you know what, how about I start a podcast, promoting Ghanaian creators, founders, entrepreneurs. Okay. It just clicked It made perfect sense. Yeah. Nobody was doing it. Nobody had nothing, you know, in that space. I launched my first podcast in January, 2020. Um, my first two guests were, I think one, one of my cousins in Ghana and my first ever guest was from then the final network and the final networking event I did in 2019, at the right. end of 2019. Okay. It was amazing.
1: All rose led to that then. Euros basically. Led everything to that. that you yeah. did, all Euros the what you would classify as failure. I don't you know, I don't know, man. My definition of failure, I mean everybody's definition is different, failure and success. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like things take time as well, especially as a creative. I think you gotta be extra patient as a creative. You know, most people aren't overnight successes yeah. either. Um, You know I, I guess What's been the most Like interesting Interview you've had
0: Oof That's a good one That's <laughs> yeah. a very 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 good one Because we've done over I mean we've got Hundreds of episodes Now well, Not hundreds But we've got like over 130 something episodes 130 Episodes yeah Wow So many I mean not every single Podcast episode yeah. is, a, is a full interview Sometimes yeah. it's, it's a clip From okay. an interview But in terms of interviews We've done so many one of the podcast interviews that sent out to me, I'll definitely say is, um, I think my conversation with Consume Con Shop was very interesting. Consume Shop. So they're like a, a rapid delivery um, startup in Accra. So they claim to be able to deliver Within Accra, anywhere in Accra, not anywhere, but I think certain locations in, in Accra within 60 minutes of the, what? Uh, upon delivery. <laughs> and then, you know, it, that's wild. And I'm play, like, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm like, well, it doesn't take 60 minutes to deliver to somewhere in Accra because if you get stuck in traffic, what happens? What if the car breaks down? There's so many variables working against you. How can you guarantee 60 minutes? But anyway, they claim to do it. Um, that conversation, you know, that was a very good, int- interesting one because they came from. I think they were living in Germany, and I think they moved to America, and I think they moved back to Europe, and then they moved to Ghana because you know they were passionate about their country, and then they realized that they they were able to use their Western education and their Western jobs. I think they both had jobs at very good tech companies, etc. And um I think it was this a husband and wife tag team. And they were able to come together in Ghana and launch, you know, like their own kind of like version of maybe Jumia or maybe um I wouldn't say Bolt food because Bolt Food is more takeaways, but um they were able to, you know, Come up with this delivery startup where they can deliver goods. I think more like a um, what do you call it? Uber here? Eats or huh? not, not Uber, Uber Eats? So. Um, I think Get okay, yeah, yeah, it. Get They're delivering grocery delivery service here okay. in the UK, for example. Um, but in Ghana, you got like Jimmy and other other people who do something similar. Yeah. Um, so the, their story is very interesting because wow. you know they went through you know different you know um, interesting experiences and. You know, they lived at different countries and then they and then they realized that, oh, you know, I think all roads led to Accra mm. where they can kind of like set up something and use the expertise, their knowledge to kind of like try and contribute something to the city. I mean, that's one that stands out to me. But honestly, Atto, I've had so many interesting conversations. It's hard mm. to say this this one conversation was absolutely yeah. mind blown. But I think, of course, the other conversation I had with Darren was amazing. Yeah, Darren Bonds, you know, entrepreneur, came to Ghana with pretty pretty much nothing. And, um, you know, 10 years later, he's pretty much, you know, achieved all he can achieve as wow. an entrepreneur in Accra. That's
1: mad inspiration, isn't it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Gosh, that's 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 like the dream, right? And a lot of people, you see, this is, uh, you know what I love about your podcast, right? Is that you're not only given a great perspective on black entrepreneurs and creatives and professionals, but you're also given a great perspective on Ghanaians, mm. also africans right that you know because a lot of people i feel like they have this perception of africa that oh what can you do there what can you achieve there well there's millionaires there isn't the richest black person where is he from <laughs> do you know what i mean a lot of people don't even deep this yes I, we know there's other issues but i'm not talking about the issues right now everywhere in the world has issues right but i love that that we're giving it a different perspective instead of the perspective of you know, oh pull me, pull me, let's just mm. you know, we're just you know we've got a lot of resources out there, we've yeah. got a lot of capabilities out there, yeah, you know, we've got a lot of talent out there, mm-hmm. right, and we've got in my opinion, we've probably got the most opportunity that you can get out there, you know if you if you can figure out the right thing, mm. you know, um, so I love that your podcast is is shedding, um a Light on this because it's very valuable. Do you know what I mean? It's very, very valuable mm. to, to see that and you know be inspired very valuable by that.
0: I have a, I had a, someone who um dropped me a DM a few weeks ago and said that they're basing their university dissertation or or, or um essay on my episodes.
1: Really, wow, you see, mm. I was gonna ask you what's the reception been so far, but yeah, what <laughs> is the reception been so far?
0: Um, it's so. been it's been, I think, mind blowing. Um, there's so many thing stories I could share. Um there, there's a couple of short stories I will share. Um uh so there's one story about I did I did an I did an interview with Living Ghana. So they're like um letting agents in, in, in Accra if you will so for short lets, long yeah. long-term lets and medium-term lets. So shout out to living Living Ghana. If you guys need you know all of that good stuff, you know, reach out to them. <laughs> and uh you know I, I did an interview with them and this interview I do not expect it to perform the way it performed, right? Like I think, like you know, like it's done really well on YouTube, and the downloads are pretty good as well. Mm. And you know, I've been getting messages from you know one of the co-founders saying, "Hey, agents, since you come in episodes, we've been getting lots of inquiries." And there's one particular guy who he's from the US. He's going to fly in to to view in a property. It's crazy just because of that episode. Wow, it's crazy. And there's just so many stories. You know, I get. Personal messages from people saying, "Oh, Asian, look, you you know, thank you for sharing the lessons of, you know, of what you learned from doing a hundred episodes of Sandvikar. It's really valuable for me." I will get another message, you know, talking about, you know, how you know it's changed their life and how they listen to it religiously. Mm -hmm. And there's one particular story I think that I'll never forget. So there's a man called Kevin Bruton. I don't know if you've heard about him. So he's a five times world champion kickboxer. Okay. Yeah, Hollywood yeah, actor. He's been in some Hollywood films and he's like an author recently. And now he's a TEDx speaker because he recently right. reached when wow. he's a TEDx talk mm. this week. No, not this week. Um, I think last year, sorry. Yeah. Oh, not this year, sorry. And he randomly summoned upon my podcast. I don't know how. He was like, Adrian, my name's a- Adrian. My name's Kevin Burton." And at this period, um, after I was looking for a season two finale guest, mm. right? He filled out the form and websites. He was like, Adrian, my name's Kevin. You know, I live in LA. Um, I'm, I was born in England, raised in LA. My mother is English. My dad is Ghanaian. I can never find, I can never find my father. I've achieved, you know, all these things in my life. I love to come on your show and talk about it. I was like, Kevin, you've come at the right time because I'm looking for a season two finale guest. Let's do a live show talking about your, your journey. And then I think on the live show, I think we had maybe almost a hundred, people turn up live wow. it was great we had people call in from around the world saying you know kevin you're amazing and um yeah he sent me a copy of his book i think the name of his book is called um the heart of an african champion or something like that mm. and um yeah he's just literally talks about his story you know becoming an actor becoming a you know a kickboxing champion me and muhammad ali and all these different people yeah yeah mind-blowing look at
1: that the impact yeah you see you never know when you've got the you know the right vision yeah sorry not let me not say right vision you've yeah. got a vision and you've got the you've got a purpose you've got a vision and you do things for the you do things for the what i'm trying to say is you do the right things yeah for the sorry for the right reasons instead of for money yeah right you're doing it because this is what you're passionate about you feel like is your purpose. You've got a vision. I feel like when you do it that way, I feel like good things, you know, come to you. I feel like that's like the law of attraction, right? Yeah. So talking about credibility as a podcaster, wow, it's tough. <laughs> it's really tough to do that, right? <laughs> so you know, and for you, it's even more interesting because you're in the UK, building credibility in Africa with listeners in Africa. So I guess, can you give us an insight into how you? did that or how you think you did that
0: okay so building credibility yeah. you know so, so we're talking about building credibility outside of the west within africa itself yeah um yeah you know what it's 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 actually you know working out you know I, i've had you know um a few inquiries from you know podcasters and content creators within the continent and within the country who wanted to collaborate wanted me to speak at certain certain events um so there was actually a a panel event in Accra that I was asked to to speak at and you know I wasn't available so I wasn't able to attend so which is but it's great that I'm getting the recognition which I was happy about you understand I've had what what else have I had so I've had um basically you know podcasters youtubers reach out and wanted to do interviews so you know we've done interviews and they want to learn my perspective on certain things um in terms of the sound of a crowd as well um people are a lot of the youth you know they're listening to it and they're really inspired and they're saying to adrian uh could you mentor me adrian you know could you help me find a job and all of these different things mm-hmm. like we get lots of linkedin messages you know asking you know for you know, for mentorship and and jobs and you know I'll tell you this there was one t- particular time after where I finished recording an episode for season five in 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 Accra, and um I was walking to the car of my guest, and um there was a security guard who said, uh hello sir, please um, I'm begging you for a job um I know I'm got this job, but I need a proper job basically and um I said, "Um, look, I'm working on something, maybe there's something I can help you with, you know in in the future and then um my guest said, "Look, um." what you need is the skills to acquire the skills that will be able to attract to attract to you the the job or the money that you need to provide for for your family because he had a family i think he had a wife and kids and stuff and he was desperate for a job like when you go out there at you, you've been to Africa you some mm. come to certain places some certain people you see that they need they're desperate you can see in their eyes that they're desperate for an opportunity and they've got families to provide for and what they're earning you understand in a month you know we could spend it in a day or even in an hour or even in a minute or a second it's so ridiculous and when I got into the car I was like I need to set up a mentorship program and a job program for all of these people in Ghana and maybe eventually across Africa who are desperate for jobs who are desperate but for breaking opportunities and have the skills or the drive in order to get there um, so that's some of the impact that's been making you know people have been watching the episode and, and they've been you know inspired and you know they want me and the team and guests mm. to help them out in I the stands that. and then we also got invited to change Africa uh, podcast live um, I think it was Africa podcast day I think at the beginning of the year and I think we got invited to change Africa podcast on their mm. Twitter spaces okay. uh, handle wow Um yeah to, to 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 join the panel just to talk about i think podcasting in in general on africa on the mm-hmm. continent so it was really you know um an honor to be invited to that so yeah you know we're we're making some kind of impact on, on the continent and more importantly amongst the youth and you know people that need to hear it
1: yeah i love to hear that i love to hear that and this you know is important this is why i say like you just never know who's listening to you and it's strange not strange but it's interesting when people come up to you like, oh yeah i listen to your podcast you're like all right yeah, thank you you know and you're a humble guy i know i know that you have like you have the right responses and you want to really really help people which is mm-hmm. why you do what you do monetization right is like something that a lot of people look at like in podcasting mm-hmm. at what point did you start to look at monetization for the sound of a craft?
0: so i think for me um, monetization was something that i started to look at i think from season two okay and i looked at it from an indirect from an indirect level i was like hmm when i finished season two of the podcast i was like hmm. the way my downloads are looking like at the moment i'm not going to be monetized not like by ads for quite some time let me find an indirect way to monetize my podcast so what ended up happening was that after I did season two, I had a lot of demand for people wanting to, to learn how to podcast. So what I did is that I, I built a podcast course in 2020, uh, towards the end of 2020. And I used my podcast as a case study for the podcast, which helped me to build a podcast course. And I couldn't have done it without being a practitioner and having a practical experience to be able to go out and teach people how I've achieved certain obstacles and how I've done what I've done. Okay. Um, so that course has generated me thousands of dollars, which is great. So I've been able to monetize it indirectly, mm. and then after season three, I realized that I was able to monetize, you know, through sponsors. So season three, I got my first sponsor, Ice Cream and Ting, a premium. Oh yeah, we had uh, them. Shout, out Ice, Cream like shout out yeah, Ice Cream and Ting. Yeah, we had them, them. on. We had the podcast.
1: I did not know that. Mad. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. speaking to. I was speaking to Lizimba the other day. Actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a good friend. I oh, love that. Good oh,
0: mad. You see, look at that. He, he actually, because he actually, oh, he's a podcast himself, and he actually. You know, yeah, he did easy. Yeah. He, uh, He's, okay, he's one of the people that inspired me to get into podcasting, alongside Pat Flynn An American podcaster, right? And okay. then maybe one or two other people. I think those people inspired me to actually get into it.
1: Wow, this is so crazy. You yeah. know, you see, we were going to so meet well, either way. It. We were going to have to, <laughs> he even if me didn't meet at a podcast show, would have had to meet through listening. Yeah, but yeah, he was telling me that he's that he's uh, looking to restart his podcast and, uh, soon again. Yeah, shout wow, out to that Sam. is he's mad.
0: Got a, a podcast on this. Okay,
1: <laughs> okay, cool. So, okay, so sorry to interrupt. So you. You've got, um, got sponsored by Ice Cream and Ting, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. So sponsored by Ice Cream and Ting, season three, and then when it came to season four, you know, I got approached by one of my previous guests, who mm. Naturals, um, to sponsor season four. So they sponsored season four. Um, it's organic skincare line, um, based in Canada, but um, created by ghanaians, Okay, um, they're doing really well. they in Walmart, et cetera. And um, funny enough, when they came on my podcast in season one google reached out to them and they wanted them to feature them in black history month mm, um so that wow. was another great testimony i, I, I can, wow. can mention. when That's i did amazing. season four when season four was rolling and i think when we were when i think when first episode the second episode had came out um we got a dm from um a tech founder in ghana and he wanted to sponsor season five so since season f- since season three we've had literally sponsor after sponsor after sponsor literally coming coming to us okay which has been great wow um, so yeah sponsorship um podcast course and t- consultation you know that's that's been you know an avenue of, of, of monetization yeah and then i'll say there's so many ways i mean another way i'll recommend people monetize their podcast is affiliates right partner is is getting affiliate links so if you have if you, if you have a guest for example who comes in the show that has a product or service partner up with them have a special maybe do like a special website landing page get a special link from them and then have a do a negotiation with them hey if i have a special link and if every time someone clicks and buys through this link i get a percentage of yourselves um can i you know work on, in this way and if they say yes then yeah man, absolutely go for it you yeah. know we did this with vtai london in uh season four you know shout out to william adwasi mm-hmm. um yeah you know, he gave us a special code for our listeners to go and, you know, buy buy his watches. Um, did I want to take any of the profits? No. I mean, I actually said, you know what, let's just give this to listeners. I don't want the profits from this particular episode. Mm. Let's just let's just let people download, sorry, purchase the watches because I know a portion of his profits to go to helping kids in Africa, right, buying okay. school uniform and putting the lights in, lights on in their villages, their towns, their schools, etc. Mm. So I knew I was giving back.
1: Okay, wow! I love that. I love that. It's, and thanks for those monetization. And it just shows that you don't have to hit a certain threshold on YouTube to do that. You can find uh, other um genius ways. And another thing, another a real gem that you said, and I don't know if everybody caught that, mm-hmm. is the fact that a lot of the brands that you are working with are brands that fit very well with the types of listeners that you have, mm-hmm. which is why they're willing to. It's like um, we were we were actually speaking about the the episode. We were speaking about this, uh, so we had um, somebody called Maz who has a, a marketing agency, and we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, his episode got released uh, on Monday. We I, was about I was
0: listening to it Listening I've watched the episode. Yeah, watched some of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we were talking about that and how I think it, Gary Vee mentioned it and targeting. You can is a little bit. Not cheaper, but it's, it's cheaper than like maybe just doing a random YouTube ad or Google ad or whatever. And you can just target a certain niche of people. Yeah. And I think that's a real gem. You know, like if you make a podcast, I don't know about your love of watches. Of course, watch companies got to be like, well, most of the people that are listening, you might not have like 500,000 people listening. Yeah. You might have 1,000 people listening. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna all be people that love watches. That's very valuable. Rather than okay, it's like a hundred thousand people, yeah. and then there's only like a hundred people that care really care about watches. That care about this. Yeah, why, why are you talking about this? You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very, 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 very important. In your journey though, as a podcaster, what mistakes do you think that you've made that you tell your younger self to avoid
0: oh absolutely there's loads of them those mistakes I was, I, i've made um some of the mistakes I've, I've been able to teach in the course and i'm glad i've made this mistake so i can teach people to avoid going down certain routes one mistake i made was when i started the video course not the video course sorry when i started the video podcast in season two that's when i first started doing video what in 2020 was that um always have you know like a runner or like someone around you to help you on site because things can go wrong if you try and do everything yourself. Absolutely, absolutely can, can't recommend it anymore that you get someone to help you on site, unless you're maybe recording in a studio w- w- which has a producer and maybe like an engineer and a runner or someone to help you set up the sound and audio and video before you kind of like, you know, do your own thing to make sure everything is running. I'll tell you one reason why. I did an episode of Mika Abraham, a creative, a Ghanaian creative, and uh essentially I set up the camera, the audio, everything. And then what happens is at the end of the episode, I realized that i didn't press record on on the sony camcorder but i had an ipad recording in the uh, as a second angle as a backup so i was only able to um upload clips of her in terms of video you know for the podcast and had all, all of the audio which is great so definitely definitely have someone on site to help to help make sure that The podcast has been recorded properly and actually gets recorded um and i had this similar issue in ghana as well when i was recording as well like just to make sure that everything's recorded properly um to oversee everything um another mistake i'll make is don't buy or pay for reviews or subscribers or whatever it is right um now i've never paid for any subscribers or anything like that but one thing i did pay for um atto is reviews i tried paying for reviews i think a year or two ago mm. and that backfired because what happened was that i think apple podcasts they see when it's paid they see when it's fake and What's then the they take it with, you? so you can pay people you can get maybe someone maybe maybe fiverr or upwork or something you know because you get a lot sometimes I get a lot of d m s in LinkedIn with a, from a lot of you know people saying, "Oh we can pay we can do this, we can do that we can oh do that. okay and, you know so what you can do sometimes is some people will approach you saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. um if you pay us, we can get you subscribers, we can get you views we can oh, get views, right okay, yeah, and yeah. because it's not organic and it's and it's artificial, um the platforms are smart enough to pick up on that, and they will either penalize you or they'll take those reviews away uh, so essentially, I think I spent about maybe almost a hundred pounds on trying to get you know fake reviews, confession made you listeners um, <laughs> fair
1: enough, hey, look, it takes made. a look, yeah, hey, yeah. I'm glad that you're honest about that well, that's, yeah, that's yeah. crazy, yeah, I
0: paid because I wow. knew I knew if I got more reviews, I'd get more downloads okay, um, but what actually had what actually ended up happening was that all those fake reviews got taken down, eventually end um I, and I promised myself I'm never gonna pay for any um type of organic you know, traffic or subscribers or downloads Mm -hmm. or reviews. I'm going to earn those, you know, all all of, all of that, um, met all of this metrics by working hard and giving value to my listeners.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, thank you for being honest about that because I think that is, is we, we want to rush things and you know, what's so interesting, right? The review thing, right? I have, I've never paid for reviews. I've never paid for views or none of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But what I have done is I have done price (laughs) jewels. You know what to encourage reviews. Have we'll you done? I've done prize draws to encourage. Oh, prize reviews. draws, yeah, yeah. that's to all right. enc- yeah to that's to, all right. to encourage yeah, yeah. reviews. So I think that's a way to. I don't. I've only done it once, but okay. I think it's is a nice way to kind of reward your listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've I've done it through the. If you're listening, yeah, come on. If you mm-hmm. like it, give me a review. You'll get you'll be in, entered into a prize draw. So i yeah. I found that to be a useful way. Um, but you know what I'm. I'm happy that you were honest about your mistakes because some people wouldn't be be honest about it. But then it also shows how difficult it is to make it as a podcaster, right? You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's very, very challenging. It's so a I lot guess... of
0: moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. If you really want to take it seriously, like a business, or you want it to be like your full-time thing, you've got, you've got so many moving parts. If you yeah. want to be a hobbyist, then yeah, just 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 record, pull out a podcast when you yeah. feel like it. And don't worry about all of the, you know, little details.
1: Yeah, you know what? Look, podcasting is not for the faint-hearted. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not for the faint-hearted. It's not. It's not, man. And you, you're. Are you doing it full time now? Full
0: time-ish mm-hmm. now. Yes, yes. I'm um, full time-ish now. Um, I'm doing a bit of consulting at the moment, so mm-hmm. that's taking a bit of time. But okay, um, I am. You know, outside of my consulting, is just podcasting. Yeah, so that's all it is. Yeah. And you,
1: you mentioned that you have a community, right? So. Talk to us about that community and how can people join if they're interested in it?
0: Yeah, so. sure. So we have the podcasters community. So we have the a to z podcasting community. Um, people can join by he- heading over to A2Z. That's A. the letter A, 2, Z. You know, as in letter A, 2, uh, two, so, two so that's T-O-Z, community. Um, what am I talking about? A2Zpodcasting.com. <laughs> forward slash community that's yeah. where you can you can join i'm sure you know i'll give out to the link you can put it in the description yeah um and yeah so the but the community is basically it's a place for beginner podcasters and growing podcasters um to keep up with what's going on in the world of podcasting and to you know learn more about podcasting so that they can you know be the best podcaster that, that, that they possibly can so um you've got content in there you know diving into ai tools you've got content in there um you know me me showing you how certain tools work you've got content in, content in there you know giving you know like free guides on podcasting um workshop workshop recordings that i've done you know as much value and content as i possibly can um in there and then you've got people who are networking as well okay so you've got podcasters around the world who are networking with each other yeah you know this person's got this podcast and this 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 podcast, this person's got that podcast. So you got podcasters helping each other and you got podcasting going podcasters going on each other's podcasts as guests. For mm-hmm. example, I've got a podcaster who joined my community who um is a fit for one of my new podcasts. So he's actually gonna come on my new podcast and we're gonna have a chat about it. So okay. yeah, anything um, almost anything and everything about podcasting, you know, we 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 discuss and create content about it. So Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, I'll so definitely
1: um, add uh, in the description as well. Excellent so we we talked a lot about podcasting today we talked about how difficult it is we talked about the the you know the challenges and the struggles right now everybody podcasting is blown up more i feel like this year than it has in 2020 2021 2022 everybody's got a podcast i see yeah. video clips all the time yeah you know i'm all for it i'm all for it <laughs> like um i'm all for people being creative expressing themselves you know all of that But I guess what's your thoughts on like the current state of the, you know, the podcasting industry having been in it for such a long time?
0: Yeah, I think it's exciting because um, a lot more people are getting into it, which means there's also a lot more um, reason to become a better podcaster so that, you know, um, you don't slack off. You're more driven to work harder so that you can be the best podcast you, you you can, and you know stay miles ahead of your competition. If you have any competition, um, it's also exciting because more people are getting into it. So, for example, like NBA teams even having yeah. their own dedicated podcast, which teams, is great, NBA players as well. NBA players. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting time. So more people are getting into it, which is exciting. More ad ad monies going into it. I think it was um, is it one point five billion that dollars um, worth of podcast advertising yeah. revenue spend last year um which so more money going into the industry means more money for us which is great yeah. for those of us who are trying to monetize our podcast um but it's also uh an eye eye opening time where you're also seeing um there's a th- there's a series of celebrity podcasters who have signed deals with people like spotify yeah um, that didn't work out too well like, and as a result uh, spotify Meghan
1: and harry yeah. 20 mil yep yeah. I was like, yep. man, yep. twenty mil.
0: Jeez. So Spotify is, real- yeah. Spotify is realizing that they're taking this and they're taking a step back in terms of the amount of money they're pumping into. Yeah. they've realized uh the formula isn't just you know getting a celebrity in mm. front of a mic and you know giving them a Spotify exclusive show. That's mm. not that formula doesn't necessarily work. And the great and that's why I'm really excited about this because uh podcasting is going to be about that the the talents and the voice rather than the, you know, the name behind it. Um, So it's leveled the playing field for podcasters who are podcasting out their bedrooms, who have a voice, who want to amplify their, you know, their opinions to the world. Um, So I'm, and also finally AI and tools that are out there that are being released. Very exciting to see how it's going to make our lives easier as podcasters and producers um, to really automate and um, to be able to um, increase the amount of content that and the quality of content that we pull out there on a regular basis yeah
1: yeah yeah it's 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 honestly you're right i think we've seen a huge amount of celebrities again look i'm all for everybody voicing <laughs> their opinions but like you said i think like what's almost happened is that because podcasting is a hot thing it's like everybody who's who was a content creator who's still a content creator just feels mm-hmm. let me just bolt on the podcast let me just yeah use my huge following and now do a podcast because that's the popping medium yeah like tiktok was a popping medium and i need yeah. to get you know and you're absolutely right i think at the end of the day right like you said is the quality right the cream will rise to the top at that's the end it. of the day right yeah. you know yeah. the value will rise to the top mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. um so we've talked about you know podcasting being very difficult and actually I got some notes from a reddit you know post mm-hmm. and I was trying to find the source of it the source was from 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 some podcaster so guys if you want to take this as a pinch of salt please please take it <laughs> with a pinch of salt if you want to but in 2021 right they were saying that there were 2 million podcasts published right and they said that 90% of podcasts don't go past episode 3 so basically, they're saying that 1.8 million people quit mm. by that time, right? Which I can understand. I I do know a lot of people that have done like one or two episodes and they've kind of quit because they've realised how you know difficult it is, right? Um, and then they said to be in the top one percent of podcasts in the world, you only need to publish 21 episodes of your podcast, which is crazy, right? So you're you're one percenter. You're one percenter. <laughs> I'm one We are. Um, so you know that shows that gives that gives you an understanding of the level of difficulty mm. you know to be consistent that that many people are quitting after you know three episodes so i guess my question to you is what advice would you give to someone wanting to start their own podcast in 2023
0: i love that question um i love that you brought that up i'm excited about that question yeah um i think you probably will know what i'm going to say is being consistent and get it into it for the for the right reasons take it as a marathon and not a sprint you know i've been sound of a car has been around for almost four years and even then it's taken me to get to that point before starting a new podcast you know quit and switch but what i what i would advise is to be consistent and to you know don't you know worry about you know what people say don't worry about the number of downloads that you get when you first start and you know whatever right just focus on you know producing the best content being consistent and thinking how you can continually improve the show and then maybe give it at least 100 episodes and then see you know how the response is if you're not getting a response that you want by 100 episodes then maybe you can hang up the mic and walk away I know someone who used to do the Black Millennial Money podcast. I don't know if you know him. Yes. yes yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. But anyway, um, he hung up the mic after 100 episodes and said, hey guys, I'm, I'm done with this anymore. And I'm going to walk away and pursue something else. And then when, when he said that, I was like, fair play to him. Because he's putting, the guy was super consistent. Every week without fail, the guy will have his Skype headphones on a podcast, (laughs) even though I don't, I don't advise doing a podcast with a Skype type headset, but it was funny. He made it work. You understand. But yeah, be consistent, get into it for, for, for passion and for purpose, not necessarily for profit and always be passionate about how you can continue to improve. Don't worry about the downloads, don't worry about the vanity metrics at the beginning, you know, worry about that later. If you can get sponsorship before you've even launched, great. There's ways to do that. You can reach out to me. We can talk about that. But um, focus on getting consistent, get perfect, you know, get, you know, just get better. And then the rest will take care of itself. I
1: love that. I love that tip. I've got another question for you before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. Right. So you said that you have people who have 100,000 downloads, right? Yeah. That those are your students, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I guess what insights have you seen from them to that has helped them get to that? Let me not say level, but Mm -hmm. get to that number.
0: Yeah. So um, a few things. So one um, is the type of niche that they're in. Okay. So for example, if you're talking about Africa rather than just Ghana, you're bound to have a bigger listenership, right? Um, But at the same time, if there's a lot of people talking about Africa, then there's more competition and you may not get the, the the viewership or the downloads that you want so that's one the, the type of niche that you that you choose can of course maybe open doors for you you know by itself two is interviews so when your podcast is focused around doing interviews and it's focused around doing interviews with um people who are producing the type of content that you want to listen to different areas and maybe they have a, a good following themselves and and you partner up with them when you're promoting your episodes and they are actually pushing your episodes as well together, um, that helps as well. To really get a lot of views and downloads as well so i do recommend you know working out a plan with with each guest you know when you put when you're releasing each episode in terms of promoting it together when they're when the guest is just as invested in promoting it as just as much as you are um it can do amazing amazing things and i've seen that on my own podcast i could tell stories all day about that so yeah it's the type of podcast it is especially the interview format the niche that it's in as well and it's also the um i say the branding as well is is really important we're now in an age where there's so many agencies you saw that at at Mm -hmm. the podcast show where there's so many podcast agencies Mm -hmm. out there who focus around making branded podcasts yeah when i was at the podcast show last year that was not the case now this year because podcast is even bigger now there's more agencies around by the same time some of these agencies are saying that ah we don't have as much demand anymore because now the market's now more saturated so Branded podcast is another thing. So, what I'm also saying is that the brand, how well, how good the brand is, like the 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 artwork, how well it looks. You know, not even just the brand, virtually. I mean, I mean, visually also all audibly like how the podcast sounds your production Mm. if it sounds really good quality then you know you're going to attract a certain type of audience especially when you know you're um you're you're getting people listen to you know your episode for the first time yeah yeah
1: amazing 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 thank you so much it's been great speaking to you what do you have planned next for yourself
0: yeah so um you you may have heard me mention of a new podcast called quit and switch so um we got a number of episodes in the bank already so um i'm focused on you know continuing to release that's a weekly show continuing to build upon that and then hopefully you know within within twelve months I can maybe sell it to someone like LinkedIn or something like that, which is which which <laughs> which is the ambition. Man with plan. And then uh yeah, A to Z podcasting, you know, um we're gonna be hopefully running some cohorts training online, you know, throughout throughout the summer. So if anyone wants to learn how to podcast over a six week course and needs um some hand holding, you know, we can help. A to z podcasting.com.
1: Amazing, amazing. Where can people find you? So you mentioned A to Z dot com your Instagram handles your TikTok handles.
0: Yeah, um best thing is Adrian Daniels dot co. Um that's my website. You got all the links in there. Um Adrian Daniels dot co not dot com. Um but yeah I'm also on Instagram just search for Adrian Daniels. Um LinkedIn just search for Adrian Daniels to be able to find me on there. Um Twitter, Mr A Daniels. Um I don't use that as much, but I'm looking at revamping that. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Any final words? Um listeners. Yeah, please? if you don't have a podcast, start one. Um, if you don't, then what are you doing? Um it's a massive opportunity that um there's to be taken advantage of and there's a huge um movement taking place in podcasting. Get into it now. I'm glad I got into it before it starts to become mainstream. Get into it now while you can because it's only gonna get big and better.
1: Thank you so much, Adrian. Thank you so much for sharing your story of us. You know, being honest, vulnerable, and just telling us about the highs and lows of podcasting. And not just that, but, you know, you wanting to get into the music career, you moving through, you know, from Ghana to the UK, different parts of London. It's quite amazing, actually, what, where somebody comes from and where they <laughs> get to. Yeah. And how they, they kind of still follow their passions and where you're not doing music, but you're still creative and you're mm-hmm. not that far off music. Even musicians are kind of doing podcasts now. Yeah. They're appearing on podcasts really as well, right? Yeah. They're starting their own podcasts. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like another form of that. So yeah, no, it's really amazing to see. Yeah. And Sound of a Car, man, like, like I've told you, like offline, like I'm like fully supportive of that. Um, Yeah. Got to keep making sure that I plug that as much as I can. Appreciate it. Watchers and listeners, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Take For Experience. Thank you so much for tuning in. see you next week. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days, from premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code staple two zero. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun...